whoa, whoa, easy, blue balls. I think this is it. Yep, this is the Mock Beast Cemetery. Chris, we are here. Bud, what do you think? Oh, this is creepy as fuck. <laughs> oh, shit, and there are the 13 steps, Chris. Those are the 13 steps to hell I was telling you about. Apparently, legend has it, Chris, that if you go down these 13 steps of hell, you may never reemerge. All sorts of weird shit starts happening to you. Apparently, you start to hear voices, and you can even visualize what hell looks like. So, Chris, you know we're ones for in-depth research. Now, we gotta do what we gotta do. So, but uh, I think we should uh, head down there and see what the hell's going on. Well, who's going down? This has your name written all over it. Because I'm going to be right behind you collecting much-needed data. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> Chris, after you. Blue Bulls, you stay right here. You're not going to fit. Oh, Chris, you hear that? Sounds like somebody's in there. Great. <laughs> uh, why don't we just knock on this door here and see what the hell we've got. What do you two losers want? Yes, hello, sir. Um, we're just here to inquire about what's going on down here. Uh, we've heard rumors that this was indeed the 13 steps to hell. Can you enlighten us a little bit? It would be my pleasure. Right this way. Oh, wait a minute. Are you those two jerks somewhere between the cracks podcast? Why, yes, we are, sir. And not only that, it's our two-year anniversary. Two years? Who the hell would listen to that shit for two years? What the hell is going on up there? Get out of my cemetery, you freaks. number 77 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I'm your host, Bill, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Now, Chris, not only is this episode number 77, more importantly, little buddy, this is the two-year anniversary of the Between the Cracks podcast. Bud, what do you think about that? Wow, it's been... Two years? Yes, two years to the day, actually. Tonight, uh, January 20th of 2020, I think we released our first episode. Remember that catastrophe? <laughs> I think I've repressed it. Uh, <laughs> I definitely don't want to remember the first few episodes. We actually managed to stick to something for two years. But, uh, Bud, I have even bigger news than that. Champ? We got a new patron. The lovely Erica from Wilmington, North Carolina, has become our latest patron, and she came in at our highest tier, no less. And actually, Chris, she even sent us an email saying <laughs> how much she liked the show. So I wrote her back, and I was saying, you know, just don't go back too far because the uh, the beginning was a little bit rough. But she said that she actually really liked those episodes when we were doing the skits all the time. Uh, uh, more specifically, <laughs> the one where, uh, you know, unfortunate for you, you married that corpse bride down in Mexico. <laughs> Let me tell you, it has been a bitch 
to get a divorce <laughs> too. Dude, we have to get back into those uh, skits. Maybe if we have a little energy after recording this tonight, we'll do one for the two-year anniversary. But uh, we certainly do thank you, uh, Erica, for becoming part of our Patreon family. And it's just in the nick of time because my uh, headphones are uh, are whittling away as we speak. <laughs> I think I think after this episode, I may have a piece of foam attached to a wire. <laughs> And not only that, Chris, I announced to everybody that you have recently gotten engaged. <laughs> I did indeed. I took a, an even bigger step and also uh, closed on a house at the same time. So um, needless to say, this will be my last recording in this current location. Yes, and you were actually moving back up to Dutchess County, and you were going to be all the more closer to the new BTC RF. I've yet to see the BTC RF, actually. I'm not in it tonight. I'm back in the house because it's fucking freezing out there. <laughs> but I think I speak for everyone, Chris, when I say, congratulations. Yeah, do you have to say it like that? <laughs> I do apologize, Chris, but I am just so excited tonight. And speaking of patrons, we have a patron requested episode. And this one comes at us from Liz in Portland, Oregon. No, Oregon. Remember we got into oh, this you list? Gotta be Oregon. Yeah. Yes, it's not Oregon. She, Oregon. It's Oregon, damn it. Oregon. Oregon. And now you know. But anyway, Chris, tonight's episode actually comes from Liz's neck of the woods. We've actually touched on the Pacific Northwest a few times. Uh, actually, a couple episodes ago, we were just there. Yes, with the uh, Barefoot Bandit. And it's funny when you start looking into uh, that region, there's a lot of weird shit going on. Now, with all that said, Chris, are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be, I guess. <laughs> all right. Fasten up, pal, because tonight we are headed to Malt B, Washington. More specifically, we are headed to the cemetery in Malt B, Washington. But tonight, we are going to be talking about the 13 Steps to Hell. So, Chris, what do you say we start descending down these 13 steps and see what the hell we got here? After you. <laughs> so, Chris, as I said, our story takes place in the Maltby Cemetery in Washington State. From what I've gathered, Maltby Cemetery is also known as Paradise Valley Cemetery. And uh, I don't know if uh, I've ever heard of a cemetery referred to as Paradise, but uh, that was the alternate name nonetheless. The legend here is that there was actually at one point in time, because we come to find out now that this has been covered over, but apparently there were a set of steps that people believed and that some have even experienced that led it down to what many consider to be the gates of hell. Well, first off, anything that takes place in a cemetery is going to be creepy right off the bat. If you're going to start walking underground in a cemetery, I mean... What are you doing? This reminds me of uh, the haunted apartment uh, that I used to live in across the street. Remember the uh, apartment F? And we touched on that in a Patreon-only episode. But, you know, we say, why would people want to go down there and check it out? But uh, look what we did, bud. <laughs> we went down there, and we got fucking spooked. There's places that you just expect to be haunted, just based on the history behind it. And this place was one of them. I mean, come on. The thing used to be a morgue. Yeah, for those of you that haven't listened to one of our older episodes, I used to live in an apartment building that was 
the first hospital in our town here. And the basement of this place was actually the morgue. And to add on to that, there were actually two deaths that took place in um, the apartment that was down there. A fire had broken out and a mother and her son had died down there. As of now, the place is no longer an apartment. It's just kind of this abandoned storage area. But when you go down there, there is an automatic uh, <laughs> feeling of dread. Like there's this ominous vibe as soon as you enter apartment F. Wasn't there somebody else that died too? Somebody got hit by a car. Some guy that was living there at that time, he actually left. And this is not that long ago. This was a, probably about 10 to 15 years ago. He was living down there, left to go to work or something. And as he was crossing the street here, he got smashed by a car and died. I mean, who really knows? It could just be coincidence. But Chris, nonetheless, that place <laughs> had a very bad vibe. And I told you about the time I was down there and I was looking at the uh, spot on the wall where there's actually still remnants of the fire damage that had taken place all those years earlier. As I was there, the power shut off, Chris. <laughs> and I was down there by my lonesome in complete darkness. <laughs> My man, I sprouted wings and flew out of there. <laughs> I mean, most of us have been in a situation where adrenaline just takes over. It's like the same feeling like when you're walking alone at night and you hear something in the woods and all of a sudden you turn into like Hussein Bolt running down the road trying to get back home. There's just situations that you, you become superhuman. And you just kind of get that feeling that you can't really explain. Like like when you feel like you're being watched or you feel like there's some kind of negative energy around you. That, that's just an undeniable fact that, you know, we just have this innate way uh, of sensing something that just isn't right. And I think that ties in perfectly to what the hell is going on here. Because you cannot tell me under any circumstance that <laughs> if you're descending down a set of steps in a cemetery, <laughs> not knowing what awaits you down there, you don't know if it's a entrance to some kind of underground mausoleum or some kind of bizarre tunnel for storage or maintenance, you just don't know. So there's got to be an automatic sense of dread as you descend down these steps. 100%. And the, and the setting is everything because you're expecting something to happen. You're in an area where if anything were to happen, that's probably where it would happen. Like it's just an, a very uneasiness. But that's not to say that necessarily things don't happen or aren't happening like paranormal wise, but I, you, you definitely psych yourself out. We have these 13 steps that lead from ground level to something that lurks beneath the ground. And uh, legend has it that there was actually a family tomb that belonged to a local wealthy family. So now knowing this, you got to imagine that there is going to be uh, an ominous vibe as you're entering uh, below ground. That's exactly what those who dare to uh, descend down those steps experienced. Am I right, Chris? Right you be. And first off, who the hell chose 13 steps? Was there truly 13 steps? Because that would be pretty creepy. Well, yeah. I mean, as you know, a lot of hotels, especially in New York City, they actually skip the 13th floor. So when you're on an elevator or whatnot, you'll see 12, 14, and so on. So there's always been that legend that the number 13 is indeed bad luck so <laughs> it kind of makes sense if you're going down into the steps of hell that it, it would be 13 steps 
to that point about the elevator thing, though, how crazy is it that that superstition has literally carried into the designs of buildings everywhere and elevators? And I mean, it's just a number because there actually is a 13th floor. There's no getting around that. If you got a 14th floor, you got a 13th floor. <laughs> it just seems crazy to me that they would do something like that. Like, it's a superstition. I wouldn't expect, like, businesses and companies to, to do that, but it's funny. But anyway, Chris, we're gabbing so much, we're only on step number three. Why don't we get the hell down there and see what's going on? <laughs> Bill, please, please, don't rush us. What do you got for us, Chris? What are some of these uh, adventurers experiencing? Legend says, when you walk down the steps, and as soon as you reach the bottom, when you turn around, there before your very eyes will be a vision of hell. And this vision is said to drive you absolutely insane. Some people uh, have reported that upon making it to the bottom and turning around, they witness people collapsing and falling to their knees. Children would emerge, basically put into a, a coma that they wouldn't wake up out of. All sorts of crazy rumors of, of that sort. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, Chris, that it's crazy enough to have an adult go down these steps to see what's down here, but... uh. What kind of uh, parent would allow a small child to uh, venture down there and then to reemerge in a coma, no less? Look, we all know things get a little far-fetched when we start talking about hauntings. It's like the fisherman that comes home and uh, every time he tells the story, the fish is six inches bigger. It's certainly a bit far-fetched, but nonetheless, it's, it's, it's a good story. So, uh, Chris, uh, Maltby Cemetery, a.k.a. Paradise Valley Cemetery, when the hell did this place open and what's going on with it as of today? Well, apparently, from what we've read anyway, it seems that the first burial may have taken place in 1908. But this cemetery is no longer um, active. I don't know how you would put that. But the, the last burial took place around 1985. It is no longer open to the public. Uh, it is now considered private property. And what the hell did the families do of, uh, of the loved ones that have passed away? So say you have a gravesite there, you're just not allowed in? I believe you were allowed to take your... <laughs> <laughs> the body with you? The body home. <laughs> no, I guess, uh, I don't know how many people are still visiting these gravestones because they're so old, but I, I think... Apparently, you need permission to go. Well, you know, you got the one that took place in 85, so I'm assuming that there'd probably still be some um, family members alive that would, you know, come pay their respects once in a while. But uh, whoever bought this property, I really hope that they're not planning on building anything there because we all know what happens when you build on uh, burial grounds, Chris. I've seen Poltergeist. Hopefully whoever owns this property is being respectful of that because uh, as we looked into this a little bit more, Chris, <laughs> it said that uh, Maltby Cemetery is located on a three-terraced hillside. And apparently it's very difficult to get to. So not only do you have a cemetery, but you have a cemetery that's kind of lurking out of sight. So basically what they're saying is that you need to know that it's there to come across it. So if you go in there looking for it, you must have some kind of idea 
as to where it is located. But yeah, Chris, so even though this place is in a remote location, it does not stop people from going in there and attempting to explore Maltby Cemetery. Even today, people are still trying to get into the cemetery and uh, investigate the paranormal activities that are set to take place there. But unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, if they go in search of the 13 steps of hell today, they're not going to find it, bud, because they no longer exist. The steps were bulldozed and then filled with cement. And apparently that has dissuaded quite a few people. Uh, that and the fact that they have put up a, a ton of no trespassing signs, it makes you wonder, did these steps really exist or is it just an urban legend? Because either way, it's going to lead to people sneaking into that cemetery and trying to investigate it to see if there's any validity to the claims. But the stairs are no more. So we're not going to have any further eyewitness accounts as to what happened as you venture down these steps. But with that said, we did get our hands on some quotes of people who have claimed to venture down there in the days of yore. Chris, what do you got for us? Well, one account says, and I quote, my girlfriend and I wanted to see this for ourselves. You have to go down these 13 steps and then you see a little chair. If you sit in the chair, it automatically means that you have sold your soul to the devil. Oh, no. It sounds really creepy. I was at a church with my friend, and his pastor said that he went there when he was 16 years old, and it was the worst experience. <laughs> no, no, come on, Chris. And it was the worst experience of his entire life. You don't say. Um, now, I bet it was, pal. Let's unravel this a little bit and see what we can make of it. Because uh, I have a, another quote that I'm going to get to. But first, let's peel away the layers of this onion. Okay, so this guy says that him and his girlfriend wanted to see it for themselves. Makes perfect sense. I, I get that. So would I. Um, and to make matters worse, as they went down there, they see a chair. Now, let me tell you something. If I'm walking down these steps, I'm scared enough. But if I see a chair in the corner by its lonesome, there is something very eerie about that. In my eyes, at least. Now, if this is indeed a legend that you feel has any validity, why would you sit in that thing? If you knew that that thing was going to send your soul <laughs> to the devil. Basically, to me, that says that the person doing that really doesn't believe it's going to happen. It's kind of more like, oh, I sat in the chair type of thing. And then you go and tell your friends. Well, you know, to me, it's like one of those things. Like, you know, the Bloody Mary, you say Bloody Mary three times in the mirror at, I don't know, is it midnight or 3 a.m.? And apparently you see this image in the mirror and you, you may or may not get attacked. Now, I don't believe it. Just like I don't believe that you're going to sell your soul to the devil if you sit in his chair. Now, with that said, do I have the balls to do it? No, I wouldn't do it. Chris, would you sit in that chair? Probably not. Because then from that day forward, every time something horrible happened, I'd be like, I, I shouldn't have sat in that chair. <laughs> You're going to blame it on a chair? Yeah. So in addition to that, this guy then says the pastor of his church went down there and had one of the worst experiences of his life. The, uh, the part where Chris started mocking him and uh, laughing at this poor gentleman. But apparently that's what they said happened to him. We don't uh, have any more... Uh, information as far as what that worst experience was, but that's what the good pastor says nonetheless. So Chris, I actually have a quote from 
someone who actually had another personal experience with uh, the 13 steps to hell. And uh, I'm going to read this now. And buckle up, bud, this is a long one. <laughs> a group of us headed out to the cemetery in Maltby. We made sure we got there as close to midnight as possible. After about an hour of searching around in the dark, we finally found it. The 13 steps. In the moonlight, you couldn't see the bottom. We tried using our flashlight, and we still could not see the bottom. It was frightening, and one of the girls was so freaked out that she couldn't even look down into the staircase. I decided I was going to go for it. But as I walked down the first two steps, I started to feel sick. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> what, what did little Billy have for dinner? <laughs> After the next two steps, I felt lightheaded. When I got to the sixth step, I became so cold that I could barely breathe, and I could hear muffled yelling and screaming. I was not going any further. I couldn't even take the next step. When I turned to climb back up, I could feel something pushing on my back, and I couldn't see out to my friends clearly. When I finally reached the top of the staircase, I realized that the yelling and screaming was coming from my friends. So what this guy's saying is that he is completely uh, disoriented. And, you know, fear can do that to a person, so... I'm not going to take anything away from this kid just yet, so uh, let's continue here. They were screaming that I had disappeared when I went down there. I am six feet tall. I couldn't have been out of sight after having only gone down halfway. Needless to say, we were all completely freaked out and got out of there as quickly as possible. To this day, every now and then, I dream about the 13 steps that led down to hell. And I always wake up in a cold sweat. I don't know, it sounds a little bit more believable, but more likely uh, they're full of shit, or he was just so uh, overcome by fear that uh, this is what he believed happened. But listening to that last account, Chris, what says you? What do you think? I gotta tell you what I think. I think it's all bullshit. Jesus, Chris, we've never seen this side of you. And to finally reveal your true colors on a two-year anniversary? For shame. <laughs> Well, what says you, Bill? Uh, um, I'm looking at all this, Chris. Uh, I'm putting it all together. <laughs> the little bit of information we have on this. <laughs> um, bud? Th oh, wait. Perhaps you should throw it into the BTC RF Scrambler. Yes. Let me do that right now. Okay. Ooh. I'm getting a reading. Okay. Uh, let me share the results here. Chris, I have the results. Here, they're coming out as I speak. All right, let's see what it says here. Oh, Chris, uh, the Scrambler is on board with you. <laughs> Apparently, it seems to think that these accounts are full of shit. But uh, I'm looking at this, Chris, and uh, I'm going to say the same thing. Cemeteries in general are just scary places. And if you're open or receptive to taking on feelings like that, you're, of course, going to believe this. Now, I do believe that at some point there were indeed a set of steps that led down into maybe a tomb or something like that, or maybe um, some kind of maintenance tunnel. That's scary enough, bro, because I would not be entering that thing regardless. And I think that that part is probably true, and that is where the legend grew from. And I think whoever owned the cemetery at the time, when it was open to the public, I don't think they had a choice but to uh, get rid of those steps and, and fill it with cement as they did. Because otherwise, you know, if you keep that thing open, sooner or later you're going to have a bad accident or, you know, someone's going to deface something and you're going to have a shitload of problems on your hands. 
But yeah, I have no choice, Chris. I have to go with you and the BTCRF Scrambler. I do indeed believe that there is no validity to any of these claims. But that's it, Chris. That is the case of the Malt B Cemetery's 13 Steps to Hell. Now, before we end up in one of these uh, graves here, Chris, why don't we give the rundown and we can get the hell out of here. You want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com or you can get in touch with us on Facebook, uh, Between the Cracks Podcast or on Instagram, Between the Cracks Podcast. Just search Between the Cracks Podcast and uh, we will show up. If you would like to become one of our lovely patrons, you can do so by clicking on the link in the show notes. And uh, Chris, I have vowed to all our patrons to release two patron-only episodes a month. And so far... I've done it, well, at least last month, and I'm on my way to uh, releasing another Patreon-only episode this week. So there's a lot of different things that we offer there. You can just go click on a tiers and see what we have available. And also, if for some godforsaken reason you would want some BTC merch, you can do that by clicking on the link in the show notes too, because we have a huge line of t-shirts and all sorts of other shit that you could find over at Teespring, and I will throw that link in the show notes as well. So without any further ado, Chris, what do you say we wish the fine, fine people out in podcast land the fondest? Oh, a farewell. <laughs>